Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I want to talk a little bit about roster because we haven't talked about it. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Know, boy, we right here in, the, in each other's See, hip right now. Ex- exactly. You know what? See, we've been doing When is that final cut? The fi- final cuts are next Tuesday, August 29th. So we are less than a week away from cuts. So if you all remember, it used to be multiple cut down days where you go from like uh, 90 to 85 and then 85 to like 75 or like whatever it is or, you know, or, or down to 70. And then you would have one big massive cut down day after okay. that where you would go down to 53. They got rid of all that. So now it's straight up going from 90 to 53 all on one day. There are going to be so many names on the waiver wire that day. It is going to be absolutely dizzying. And so I want to talk about a couple of players. I'm going to give you some names based on what you've seen. Who's making it? So 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 here we go. I'm going to give you a name, James Prochet. Is he making the team? No. It's tough. I hate to say that because I, I kind of feel like it's at the it's at the end of the road for for Proche in um, Baltimore. I feel I kind of feel like he ha- like his plays haven't been like he's he hasn't been here this preseason almost. You know he haven't really seen much of him. He's been on the field. You've seen Tim run up and down the field, but it just nothing's going right. Like the, the interception that came, you know that was those things give you like this bad aura feeling when you're a player and it makes you feel like you need a fresh start. And I think maybe he, that's exactly what he needs right now, a fresh start. And I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he go on and continue to be a Raven next year. You know, he's third on the depth chart right now, but I mean, I, I can't see it. Can't see and, it. and, and, and that's the thing with depth charts right now, a lot of them are, a lot of them are BS. Right. Yeah. It's like you're you're just you're just putting dudes out there based on okay, this guy's got more experience. He like knows the offense or whatever. Like for example, down in Atlanta, they still have Bijan Robinson as the third running back, and we've seen Bijan Robinson play. We know that's not the third best running back on the team. They're nah, over there yeah. talking about. They're over there talking about like this guy is one of the craziest football players I've ever seen. Is BS completely they just have him at third on the depth chart just to make him feel like he's got to earn it and he worked his way up and all that stuff but everybody down there knows he's the number one running back and so like here i I think i think when you when you when you look at it with the the ravens depth chart you know (laughs) there there are a bunch of locks on this team i feel like in terms of wide receivers rashad bateman making the team odell beckham jr devin duvernay gonna make the team Zay Flowers gonna make right. the team. So, so how how Echo, how many is Echo, that that that, that, we, that we've got for sure? So, so we got four for sure already. And then I I think Nelson Aguilar because and, he is and Tylen Wallace. I think yeah, and so I think Nelson Aguilar because he is a veteran because he uh, he's explosive as well. I think he he's probably making the team. And then I think then you're, you're talking about. Tylen Wallace and like you know James Prochet kind of fighting to the death for like spot numbers. Tylen already got it. You already you've you've seen Tylen way I, more than you've seen Prochet. Now, mind you, this bothers me to say this. Prochet is my guy, and if Prochet if Prochet hears this, I want him to know. I think 
it's time for a fresh start for him mentally. Like, I think it, it'll do him good. I think he he's a freaking player. I think he can ball in this yeah. league. I just, for some reason, I just don't think it's working out in Baltimore right now for him. And I've been there. I've really been in that place where I just, I'm ready. I'm mentally, I'm kind of ready to go. You know, I think, I think it's time for him to find somewhere else that can use him the way he probably, he really needs to be used because it just hasn't happened in Baltimore. I hate that. Tyler Wallace, Wallace, balling. He had, he had a hell of a preseason so far. I can't see them letting him go. He's been, he's been playing too well. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I absolutely do. I think that he, and the attitude I think is part of it. He yes. he's he is a smash mouth scrappy player. Like you can you can just feel how hard Tylen Wallace is competing out there. Mm-hmm. He, he he feels like a Baltimore Raven, right? Like we saw it on the touchdown. We saw it in joint practices where he's willing to throw down. He didn't take nothing from nobody, right? right? He, he was he was he's one of the, those dudes in there mixing it up. So I think that to to me that is that's a Baltimore Raven right there. And and again, as long as you're willing to play special teams and if you're willing to step up when somebody else goes down, I mean, you got your five veterans that are ahead of you right there. I think, you know, you just you you step up when your number is called and do the dirty work. So so the veterans don't have to be running around out there, you know, chasing down punts like that could be your thing. So now let's talk about some running backs. Hmm. So <laughs> this is going to be one of the toughest positions on the roster. Right. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, and then we got our guy Keaton Mitchell. Do they keep all five of them? Um, that's that's, that's a they they can't get rid of J.K. They can't get rid of Gus. They can't get rid of Justice. I think those three guys are definitely locked. So it's going to come down to the end of that, to the end of that um depth chart. You know, with the Gordon and the Keaton Mitchell. Since we've had so many injuries. I feel like you can't get rid of Gordon because we've had so many injuries, and I feel like you got to keep Keaton Mitchell. He's 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 definitely a lot. If you let him go, somebody's going to pick him up instantly. He's not he's not going to sit out on anybody's waiver more than twenty four no. hours. So he's had a heck of a preseason as well. So I I think he's a keeper. I think you keep all five for now, um, and just kind of see how it works out and, and see where it goes. Since we've had so many injuries with with Dobbins, Gus, and Hill, I don't think you really. You got a shot in the wind to try to let those other two guys go. You got to keep five. And I, and I think the other thing with that, and I, I know kick returns aren't the – I know they're not as big a part of the game. They're really trying to phase kick returns out in a lot of ways. They are. But I think Keaton Mitchell should be your kick returner. And I'm saying that knowing that Devin DuVernay is awesome at, at kick returns and punt returns. But I think – the less that you make him do in the return game, and then and then the more that you could potentially integrate him into offense, you can keep him fresher. Let the young gun run around out there. I mean, we've seen Keaton; he can handle it. I mean, yeah. he, I, I would have to check what his stats are per return, but pretty much every return that he's had is getting out past the twenty-five yard line. Yeah, so, I think if it's me, I'm putting him and Duvernay back there together. I, I, I think Duvernay is too oh. much of a threat. So I think I will put them two deep back there together, side by side, and you know oh, whoever catches it, the other guy picks up the backside block. That's nasty. You're gonna, yeah. gonna go gonna go old school, like high school, yeah. college style. Yeah, it's like, it's like you don't want you don't want to kick to either one of them. You right. know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, 
And so I, I think I think that would be interesting. I I feel like it, it's tough. I would I I would almost like kind of platoon it because again, my main thing is with Duvernay, like I want to keep that dude healthy, right? I like I, I want I want to make sure that he continue he can contribute to the offense. Um, but again, you're, you're, I'm saying that mindful of the fact that he is such a good return man. I'm not and taking so, I'm not taking Odell out of the game to put Duvernay in. Well, no, but I think that especially early in the season, you got a guy who hasn't played in a minute. You got okay. you got to you got to figure out how to how to kind of manage that. He got to tell me he want to come out. Yeah, <laughs> well, Odell at this point in his career, he got to tell me Wilcox want to come out. He yeah. got to tap like that and be like, "Come get me." I got you. I, I got you. Me. And I, I and you wonder what he's going to be like early in the season because they have been. It seems like he's been practicing. Right, like you're practicing full go. He's just not playing in the preseason, but it seems like he's getting in the work, you know. Right. And and, he, and he's ramping up like like you know a guy normally would. And the thing is, he's done this for years. He know he knows how to how to get himself ready and get himself in shape. But I'm I'm not even necessarily talking about taking him out for for Duvernay or anything like that. Right. I'm I'm, think, I'm thinking in terms no, of like know. when you got your three, you get your three and your four receiver sets. How does that look? Because yeah, I think they, if if, Bate, if Bateman's healthy, then obviously he's one of your three best receivers, and you want him, right? You know. So I mean, right now you got you got left, right, and slot, right? They got Flowers in the slot. Bateman is right, and Beckham, um, left receiver. Then they got Duvernay backing up Beckham, right? So if I think if you had to bring in your fourth receiver, that fourth receiver got to be between Aguilar and Duvernay. Yeah, you know. So it got to be between those two guys, and you you have to have packages. For these exactly. guys, you know, for different packages. Exactly. So, yeah. so it's going to be a mixture of both. It's not necessarily always going to be one or one or the other. And I feel like that's going to be the fun thing about the Ravens' offense, man, is that you can prepare for you. You, you got to prepare for all the different permutations of this, right? You just know that the best two receivers on the team. Well, okay, the best three receivers on the team are going to be the three that we talked about. I'm gonna be real curious to see. Who, who the second best receiver is going to be after Odell Beckham Jr. Is Zay Flowers going to come on that fast? Or, you know, is it is it going to take him a minute to kind of, you know, really get integrated and, and Bateman coming back is still going to remind everybody like, hey, man, you saw that you saw that 80 yard touchdown or whatever, the 75 yard touchdown busted out against the Dolphins last year. You saw that, right? It's like, right. don't forget, I can do that. So I, I think that's going to be fun. And, and if you get anything, like even if you're getting an 80%, 85% Odell, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a number one receiver in the NFL, right? Undisputed to me. So I this is going to be exciting to see how they mix and match this. And then, again, we haven't even talked about Mark Andrews because that's, that's another weapon in the passing game. We haven't talked about Isaiah Likely either. There's so much going on in this passing game. You could do it out of 12. You could do it out of 21. You, you could you could do whatever you want, right? right. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. I love it. And, uh, and, and so with so let's slide over to the defensive side of the ball Uh-oh. a little bit. So this is where I think things start getting tricky because we know about in theory who some of who some of your top pass rushers are gonna be, right? You know, OA. And your Tyus Bowser is going to be out there. You're going to see Ajabo keep working his way in. 
Clowney's listed on the depth chart as third, but again, I, I feel like they got him. They got him as as an outside linebacker. I think that he's going to be playing everywhere, right. um, and, and and I I think you're going to see him play inside as you know, kind of like the three four defensive end kind of thing. That that's the beauty of Clowney is that you think of him as an edge, but really what what he can be is whatever you want along the line of scrimmage because he's got that got the size, the power, the explosiveness to do it all. It's different. But I want to ask you about is has Malik Ham done enough to make this team in your opinion? That's a tough question. Cuz I know my answer. I, I like Malik Ham and I feel like he's shown up some already in this preseason quite a bit. It's such a hard room. I mean, this is a linebacker room that cut James Harrison, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's such a hard room when you start looking at Ravens linebackers. And I, I want to say, yeah, I want to say, yeah, Malik's done enough, you know, but it's still one more game left to be played. Uh, I feel like they're going to have to get Clowney out there next week, maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe just to, just to knock some of the rust off. I, I feel like with, with ham, yeah, ham I, I say yes, and part of it is with what ham did. So ham put on that nasty spin move in, in week one, I getting a sack, yeah, and it. then some of the stuff he was doing in practice, just absolutely planting dudes, converting speed to power, and just just absolutely wasting some some commies offensive linemen. I, and then and then knocking the ball out, right? So it's not even just about the pressure, right? It, it's all it's also that play that he made getting the football out. I just feel like he's he keeps making plays, he keeps showing up. And so I I feel like there's a chance that he could sneak in as one of your last outside linebackers. But you're right, it is an interesting room because he, you know, you, you've seen ham playing. Uh, you know, alongside like Tavius Robinson, who was getting a lot of run early next to a Jabo, right? In in in, in preseason, and and you know, a Jabo was making the team, right? right? So, I I and, and again, you saw Moon come off the edge, get a, get a big sack there in, in in this last game. I feel like from what we've seen, mm. Ham has looked good enough to make the team. I agree with you. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put my votes in for him. I, I like him too. I like him as a person. I, I think he's really yeah. focused and I, I think he wants this about as bad as anybody does right now. I agree. I, I will say with, with ham, I, I think there's a better chance of him sliding under the radar on roster cuts versus somebody like a Keaton Mitchell. And so I think there's a possibility that if you if you did lose Ham, you could mm-hmm. you could probably get him back on the practice squad and stash him, and then see what he's got going on next year. I, th- I think that's more of a possibility than some of these other rookies where you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to make it to the practice squad. Um, so that definitely I, be that that would definitely be like at least he's going to be a practice squad guy. But I I think. I think he'll be a special teamer for him, a big, a big time special teamer for him, and I think he's going to do well here in Baltimore. I really do. I, I think he has a vibe about him that makes me feel like he's a Raven. 
and I want to throw I want to throw two more names out here that I'm I'm really curious about here. Okay. So we saw Brandon Stevens playing some corner. He's listed as a free safety, but he was playing some corner. And then you got Ardarius Washington, who's also listed as a safety, but has been playing a little bit. He's been playing a little bit of both, play a little corner and safety. If for whatever reason it came down between you had to pick one of them, hmm. Stevens or Washington. Who do you think you're picking? Because I think DeAndre Houston Carson is on this team. I think I think I think they signed him to be on this team because he's so good at special teams and because he's a reliable backup. But if it's Stevens versus Washington, what do you do? Stevens versus Washington. Because I think. Hold on. Let me go ahead. I'm go ahead. I'm listening. I'm yeah. just. I'm trying to really ration think, this think in about my it. mind. This is a tough. A tough yeah, choice. Cause I, cause I think just based on the little bit we've seen, I think I'm picking Washington. I think that Stevens was bugging me a little bit in terms of I, I, I feel like him not making the plays that were in front of him and being a little bit out of position. Yeah, and I think that Washington's effort in this last game was noticeable to me. And and again, he, he had he had the one he had the sack that he should have had on a blitz, but I I that that play that he made at the end of the game just sticks out to me, man. Just just mm-hmm. just fighting tooth and nail to get that ball out of the, you know, to separate you know the the ball from the receiver, and and I feel like that's the kind of stuff that, yeah, maybe you didn't win the game, but I think that's going to show up on film the next day. And the coaches are going to be like, oh, yeah, I like that kind of effort from him. And then, again, they're all playing special teams. And I will say Stevens had had some good plays on special teams. But I feel like like just if you're looking at what's happening in the games in terms of what are they doing on defense, because I feel like, look, in the end – uh, if they're if all things are being equal in terms of their special teams availability and how much they're playing, I think I'm taking Washington. But I can understand the case for Stevens. It's hard for me because I know Stevens is a long a long DB that could run and fly, and and the kid plays hard. And I I I, I agree with you 100. percent Like he's been in position to make plays and just haven't made the play. You know you got you you know. Even though he's out of position, he's really in position. He just don't make the actual play, yeah. you know. So it's kind of it's kind of hard for me. And and, and uh, Darius Washington been playing his butt off, and you can tell he wants it. He's hungry, and and to me, he's he's that typical nickel size guy. You know, he's he's more of a five eight guy. He's that five eight five nine ish, you know. Versus Stevens is a six one six two ish guy, you know, with longer arms, man. So it's kind of hard, man. It's mm-hmm. it's a really hard decision to me because. Feel like you want that length for special teams. You want right. that length that DB versus you know having a shorter guy. But then there's guys I play with like Randy Barber and like Corey Ivy and you know those guys were shorter guys, but they was absolute monsters on defense and special teams. And you know so I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's a tough one for me. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna toss that one up. I'll leave that one with you, Kari. All right. Well, well, I, I gave I gave you my my kind of initial answer there, which is yeah. that I just feel like I feel like based on kind of what I've seen, I feel like I, I like what our Darius Washington has done. But you know what, man? Like your your point is is really well taken in that you got to. It's it's also about traits, 
And it's a little bit about, okay, like maybe Brandon Stevens is a bit more of a, of a matchup problem that you can use on special teams, bigger, stronger. Then again, you know, if you're saying, you know, uh, when Washington's faster, he plays a little bit more edge, makes the plays that are, that are in, that are in front of him a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, not everybody out there is necessarily going to be 6'2", 220 pounds. Right. Some, sometimes you, you, you need the guys who are going to, you know, fly down there, play with good leverage and, and take care of their responsibilities. And, yeah, and, and that, so, yeah. And sometimes that means you're not always going to be the one that makes the play, but as long as you do your job and then allow someone else to make a play, then it's always the little things, right? That sometimes, you know, when you're watching the broadcast view or you're just getting like the cursory look, we don't always notice all these things. So like, I can completely like kind of understand that part. And I think that I've seen Brandon Stevens make some plays on special teams. So I think that is, you know, a perfectly good case for him to be on the team. I think, and again, we're talking about depth guys, but again, those depth guys are going to be playing on special teams and you're going to notice it. If another team breaks off a kick return for a touchdown, and then you're going to be wondering where the hell were my special teamers, right? Damn. Maybe we should have kept our Darius Washington instead of Brandon Stevens or vice versa. You know what I mean? If like one of them misses a tackle, then you're going to be noticing it. Right. So I think it's going to be hard to get rid of those two. I think you keep them both. I would love it, man. And, and you know what, just selfishly, there's yeah. there's this part of me that I feel like, you know, you don't want to see any of these guys get cut. You wish all of them could keep their jobs. Right. And and it's like if there if there's just like any way you could keep all of them. It's like it's like I feel like unless they're just like a huge pain in the ass. Right. Unless they're a huge problem, then you want to do that. And so, like, I feel like even as a reporter, man, like and I know for you as a player, you told me about your experience of what that was like having them come get you. And then on the flip side, which I thought was the wildest thing that you then became the Turk that had to go get people. I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. I don't like to think about it. No, it it was weird because it was like, I spent the entire training camp, you know, in the locker room with the guys you know, kind of getting to know everybody. And, you know, I, they had to come to me to weigh in and weigh out every day before and after practice and stuff. I would have to go get guys, hey, man, don't forget to weigh out. Hey, come on, come weigh out. Hurry up. Come on, come on, weigh out. I don't want you to get in trouble. Let's go. You know, so, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm basically, you know, the older veteran player that's now in the locker room with them and, and I'm looking out for them all, all, all camp. Then at the end of the camp, they asked me, would I, do I mind to go down here and get these guys? Yeah, I mind, but I'm going to do it. If you want me to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, yeah. so – I had to go down there and get the guys. So, you know, they, they, they looked at me really sideways, like, Wilcox, really? You? You yeah. cut? No, you the Turk? Oh, you know, you the Grand Reaper around here? You know, so it's it's a tough feeling, man. And I remember that. You know, I remember I remember they came and got me my rookie year when they had to release me from New York with the Jets. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a good feeling when they come tell you to get your playbook, you know, coach want to see you. You know, you, know, you already know it's not going to end well, man. So, yeah. um. You know, I feel bad, man. This 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 next cut that's coming up, you know, it's gonna be the end of somebody's career. It might never ever play again. It might be it. Then it's some of these guys that actually played well enough in training camp, you know, like the tight end, like Voler, if he was to get released, somebody picking that kid up. Like he just he made he made a name for himself last night. You know what I'm saying? Like the Washington game. 
So, I mean, he'll get picked up right away, you know? So, um, and like, like even Pro Shea, like I think if Pro Shea was to get released, somebody would grab him right away, you know, he'd get picked up, you know? So it's going to be interesting, man, to kind of yeah. see where this thing goes these next couple of days or these next couple of weeks and just see how this roster shaves down. And this is always the hardest part for me because you, you do, you fall in love with players and you fall in love with guys and that guy become your guy and you become a fan of that guy. <laughs> and next thing you know, he's no longer on your team. He has yeah. to pack his bags, pack up his family, and move to another city. Yeah, and and I think that's the part that we that we miss a lot. And I know I I talk to a bunch of you know like like fans. You know, I'll be like on group chats with, and I feel like that's one of the things that I think we all understand that it's a business and that they're people. But I feel like sometimes fans just they lose that perspective, and I and I feel like that's one of the things like I can't lose that. You know what I mean? I, I try to maintain that all the time when I'm talking about players. We you know, when, yeah. Well, I mean, because you get desensitized to it in a way because that's just what happens every year, right? And it's like when you're a player, right? Yeah, you 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 would make teams and some of your boys would get cut. But that's right. just what it is every well, single as, year. As, as a player, I, I feel like, you know, we're so brainwashed. You know, by the time we get to the pros, you know, we're we're so loyal. You know, we're so loyal. And we're used to being loyal to the team that we go to. It may be a little bit different, you know, now because now they basically got free agency in college, you know, with the with the portal and all that stuff that's going on right now. But when I came through, man, we were so loyal. Like I was loyal to a fault. You'll be loyal to a team, and that team's not loyal to you at all. It's a business for that team, and yeah. you're still playing. You still have like these boyish type ways where, you know, you're, you're gonna be loyal to that team. You're only gonna wear you know, Raven stuff. You can't wear none of the other stuff you used to have. You used to like as a yeah. kid, you get rid of all that stuff. You give it away. Like I'm only focused on the Ravens right now. And, and you're so loyal that, you know, you can't wear that stuff. It's just like going to Penn State and show, yeah, showing up with a Michigan hoodie on. Like, bro, you can't come in Penn State with no Michigan hoodie on. What's wrong with you? You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So <laughs> like when you go to the Ravens, you're not wearing anything. The Raiders could have been your first your, – your, or the Falcons could have been your favorite team. But whatever Falcon gear you got now, that is is non-existent. So it's all Raven from this point forward. So, you know, we're loyal to a fault, and we're so loyal that we don't even see it coming. Sometimes, you know, we don't see the cut yeah. coming. We don't see the turk coming for us, and and the coach have to pull you up there because it's a numbers game. And I didn't know this, Kyrie. You know, I didn't know this until I actually did that internship. But they rate when they rate us, like they don't rate you per position. Like you would think, like all right, they rating the top four or five right. tight ends to see who's the best. All right, you know, Todd Heap's number one. You know, Daniel Wilcox is number two. And, and Darnell Dinkins is number three. And Terry Jones, is number, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not doing it like that. They're actually – they want to know who the best player on the team is. And then it goes from there all the way to 53. You. you know, so if Lamar is the best player on the team, Lamar is number one. Ronnie Stanley is the next most valuable product. Ronnie Stanley's number two. Odell Beckham's number – oh, he's number three. He's number three. Zay Flowers is number four. You know, so they want to know who's the most – Who's the best player? And then it goes in that order all the way up to the 53. And if, you, if you're one of those guys in that last three or five spot on the way to 53, you're, you're on a bubble. You're a bubble guy. You can get cut at any moment. Like if yeah, somebody if they need absolutely. to get rid of somebody and bring somebody in, you can get cut throughout the entire season if you're that last five guys. So you got to figure it out quick, man. You got to figure out a way to be the top 20 guys or the top 10 guys or the top five guys on your team if you're trying to play. And you know what? I think that's interesting because I think that also 
leads you to be more flexible in terms of the positions, right? So it's like, okay, maybe this guy could play corner and safety. Okay, Listen. you know, so so it's like he's one of the best players on the team. So we'll list him as a safety on the depth chart or whatever. We just got to get, we just got to keep this dude in the building. We'll figure it out. And so I yeah, think yeah. I think that that's that's a and that makes sense when you see, you know, how some of the really good teams do it because you're keeping the best 53 and it's not just about positions. And, and that's something that happens with the draft too, is like people get really hung up on positions. Who's the best player right. available that is going to help your team win. And so sometimes that's a position you don't think your team needs, but he's the best player that is going to help your team win. And yeah. in the end, that is all anybody cares about. Who gonna help me win? Right. I mean, it, it's such a weird. It's you I, I, as a player, I never thought about it like that. Like I, when they said fifty three, you a bubble guy. I didn't know. I, I never understood what that actually meant. I just felt like I was. I wasn't. I wasn't doing enough to be good enough. Right. You know, and it's like you're competing against every player on the team. You're not competing against just the guys in your position. And you get so caught up into watching the other DBs or watching the other linebackers or watching the other defensive ends, and then you actually don't realize that you're competing against the quarterbacks, the running backs, yeah. the receivers, the DBs, the linebackers, the D-line. You're competing against everyone on the freaking team. If Justin Tucker is your best player on the team, he's number one. There, there it is. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, what, he's probably going to be one of the five best players on your team, which Absolutely. is not far-fetched. When you think about who he is, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, it's it blow it blew me away when I when I saw that. I, I just never it never registered in my mind that it was that type of competition where you was competing against everybody on the team versus just playing the guys in your player in your room. And um, you know, I think uh, there's so many things that you can learn um, from the other side of it, you know, from the coaching side and from the player personnel side of it that you don't know as a player, because as a player, you feel like you don't have time to really think about anything else. You're so focused on just learning the playbook. You're so focused, focused on just not making a mistake. You're so focused on just trying to be the best player that you could possibly be. And then you don't realize all these other attributes are, are kind of knocking against you as well. You know, so it's, it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be an interesting week, you know, coming yeah. up, you know, to kind of see how this thing unveils and who they decide to keep and where they're going to keep. And you'll you'll find out right away whether or not they're going to keep nine receivers, or, you know, or three running backs or whatever. You're going to find that out real quick. It's going to be a lot of guys' names that you're going to be shocked that they had, they had to release because the Ravens do a really good job of recruiting. So you see talent everywhere, and then all of a sudden you got to let go talent. I mean, look, that roster churn at the bottom is real, but that's why it seems like the Ravens are as good as they are because they know how to scout and they know how to bring it in. All right, man, let's leave it there. Cause look, we, we definitely are, are pushing up against, you know, that, that time where I turn into a pumpkin, but I'll tell you what, this, this was Me as all, as always fun as hell. And look, if, if you're, if you're not, if you're not telling all your friends about this podcast and you're not hopping on here and you're, you're a Ravens fan and you're not supporting, you're not doing it right. So make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're following us on our socials, okay? Make sure you are looking for everything Believe in Ravens because we are dropping knowledge like this every time we come on, and we're only going to do more of it as the season goes on. We are going to have video on here. 
We are going to have breakdowns. We're going to have real shit that that we that we talk about on here. We're, we are we are doing it for real every single time. Off the dome, no filter. Let's go. Kyrie Thompson, Daniel Wilcox, doing the other way. I point the other way. I still got to get this whole thing right. It's like <laughs> video know, right? game. It's like it's like it's like Which video games it? where they do the inverted controls. I can't stand the inverted controls. But that's yeah, Daniel know, right? Wilcox over there. This has been Believe in Ravens. Till next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.